we did. And so good to see many of you here in service. You just feel free to, to, to leave those cups in the pew beside you. That's, that's fine. We'll, we'll come and collect them after service. Um, Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1 through 3. The prophet said, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Habakkuk was saying, I'm, I'm going to put myself in position and I'm going to watch to see. Now that, that seems uh, like duplicate. It seems like we're, we're just redundant. We're talking talking in riddles, but, but he was saying that, that sometimes, you, anyone know you gotta, sometimes you got to watch to see what's going to happen? Now, your, your dad may have said to you when you're a child, no, you watch right here. Watch what's going to happen. Watch and see. That's what he said. I'm going to watch and see and, and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And he said that the Lord did answer him in verse 2. And he said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Now, I... I shied away from, from speaking about this for a little while because I, I didn't want it to be, uh, I didn't want it just to be trite, I, 2020 vision. That, that just sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? 2020 vision. But, but what if God really is saying in 2020, I'm releasing a brand new vision? What if God is saying in 2020, I'm, I'm going to release something. When you watch for it, when you're looking for it, it's going to appear to you. And when it appears to you, it's going to, it's going to translate into activity in your life. It's going to translate into, into action. It's not just going to be hearing the word, but it's going to be hearing and doing the word. Something powerful happens when vision is released. If vision wasn't powerful, then why in the world would people spend millions upon millions of dollars with advertising? Because they know if they can just get one picture in front of you, you're going to feel like you need what that is. And tonight, God is no different. He's saying, if I can just, if you'll watch and see, I'm, I'm going to put a picture in front of you. And when you see it, you're not going to want to back away from it. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be something that's released in your life. I, I believe that God wants to release spiritual vision in this room tonight. We may have a little job on our hands, but that's all right. The Holy Ghost is going to help us. He said, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry. We're just tarrying for a little bit tonight. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It will not tarry. It's not going to take too long. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take just the right amount of time. He's an on-time God. Someone just tap your name and say, He's an on-time God. Oh, yes, He is. Anyone ever heard that, that song? He's an on-time God. Oh, yes, He is. Now, Ryan's playing soft and soothing. I've got black gospel going through my mind. He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. And though it tarry, come on, though it tarry, wait for it. Somebody say, I'm waiting for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. The power of vision. Someone say 2020. We're moving forward. Mm -hmm. Tap your neighbor and just tell them it's so good to be in church with them. And then you may be seated. You may be seated. Chapter 1 of Habakkuk speaks. We read from chapter 2 just a moment ago. But if you'll back up one chapter, you'll find that, that he speaks of a moment 
He speaks of a catalyst that moves the prophet from being a silent observer to being an active participant. And I love how he introduces the book. He says in Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 1, he said, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. Now, now that seems like a paradox because the burden which Habakkuk, we think of burdens as something that need to be borne. But burdens before they can be, <clears throat> before they can be born, they must be seen. Before a burden can be worn, before you can bear a burden, then you've got to see it in your mind. God's saying that, and, and burdens aren't bad things. Someone, we, we think of burden as work, we think of them as effort, but the Bible says that he that goeth forth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. There isn't anything wrong with burden. Sometimes when, when we look for it long enough and when we're anxious for it, God will release burden in our life. And if we're careful, we're going to see a burden that God wants to release to our church. And, and don't shy away from it because God is wanting us to see a great vision. God is wanting us to move into a greater level of greatness that we have yet to experience. But, but not until we look for it. We've got to look for that kind of burden. We've got, to, we've got to be intentional and say, God, what's the burden that you want us to bear? Burdens aren't bad. The Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's power in burden bearing. There isn't anything wrong with bearing burdens. Burdens are good things. Nothing gets done until you're willing to wear and bear the burden. Uh, uh, babies aren't born until mom bears the burden of that baby in her belly. She just she goes through that gestation period. She goes through that time where that baby is, is forming, and, and she carries that baby through until that, those 40 weeks are completed. And man, what kind of 40 weeks are they? But what kind of rejoicing are at the end of that 40-week period when that, when that birth happens and you celebrate the burden that had been born? You celebrate all of those times when your feet were swollen and you celebrate all those times when, when you had strange cravings you celebrate all those things why? because the baby was worth it the burden was, was worth going through to receive that baby church it's no different in the supernatural it's worth us bearing the burden because God wants to bring supernatural birth to this church in this room God wants these altars to be filled God wants to do some supernatural birthing in this room this year and we've got to be willing to see it before we receive it you got to see it before you receive it. you you got to see it somewhere in your mind's eye. Somewhere you've got to see that, that it's not an empty altar. It's a full altar. It's not, it's not an empty pew beside you. It's a full pew. It may be full of people that don't look like you. It may be full of people that, that, that you know, they, they've got past that, that you aren't proud of, and they aren't either. But let me tell you something. If we can see that, then God will allow us to birth the vision that he has for us. If we can just see it. God, let me see it. Don't let me go through the motions of of just church as usual. I want to see something supernatural. I want to see something that just kind of shakes us to the very core of our being. I want us to see that in our mind's eye until that burden consumes us and until we're not content, until there's somebody that's not like us on the pew, until there's cigarettes that are left here on the altar like they were just a few weeks ago, until the drugs are poured out and the paraphernalia is poured out in backyards and burned in burn barrels, until we see that, uh, we got to see it in our mind's eye before we bear that burden before that birth happens we've got to see it we've got to see it uh, we, we need that someone say we need that we need brand new harvest
in Fredericton. We, we, and I know we're, before, before God can allow his church to become what he wants it to become, then we've got to be willing to see that in our mind's eye. I'm grateful for my natural vision, but there's something far more important, and that's a supernatural vision. We've got people, you know, if you go back to the prophet's day, everybody was working their jobs just like they are today. Daily routines and activities. Someone say Amen celebrations and feasts I, I i told brandon before before church i was giving him some of the, the media that we we're going to use tonight and and i said you know you know it's a it's a it's a difficult job this service because we're coming off of christmas we've all got turkey bloat and visions of sugar plums dancing in our heads sister janie was here today Tearing down the Christmas decor. Thank you. Can we thank her for that? We, we thank her for setting everything up. Thank you. Thank you and everybody that assisted her and helped her. Thank you so very, very much. And, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a burden and going through. So we're in between Christmas and, and, and New Year's. I know we got, it's 8 o'clock. Was that four hours till we ring it in? However you plan on doing that. Some of you may have the pillow over your head. Some of you may have the gazoo in your mouth. I don't know. But uh, so we're in between those two things. But we're in between, you know, the, the prophet knew what I'm, what I'm talking about tonight. They had feasts that people had, had got into the routine of. And just going through the motions, their crops and their harvest and their activity, just slowly settling them to sleep. The headlines... Uh, of the day were reports that dulled the ears of the hearers and our anarchy and violence were the norm. Quarrels and fights all over. Law and order were falling to pieces. Justice was a joke, but it's in the midst of all that setting that God said to Habakkuk, he said, Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which ye shall not believe, though it be told you. I'm telling you that God is saying in the midst of a season just like this, in the midst of a, of a New Year's Eve service, God's saying, hang on for a second ccc take a minute and look outside take a minute and look to the world where the enemy's just wreaking havoc and he think he's 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 controlling the day but but he's not take a look among the heathen because if you do i'm gonna do a work it's it's gonna be a work in your day which you will not believe though it be told you i i, I want to tell you you may not believe it tonight i'm fine with that scripture said it was going to happen but god's gonna bring a revival to this assembly god's gonna bring a, a revival to our city god's gonna bring a revival to our region God's gonna bring a revival to our nation we, we, we we've got to preach about it because if we don't preach about it it's not going to happen there's a seed that's got to be deposited in somebody's spirit he that goeth forth weeping bearing precious seed oh we got to go with a little bit of weeping it's gonna it's not gonna look the way that we wanted it to look but if we'll go with the seed and if we'll go with weeping then we will doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing our sheaves with us it's going to happen and we just gotta speak it until we see it until the burden is released in our lives that is what we're going to do we've got to we've got no other option 
The harvest is worth whatever we've got to pay to see it come into fruition. It's worth it. We've got silos that are empty and we've got to fill them. We've got seed that's been deposited in the soil, not just from a few sermons from a few years, but we've got 55 years, 50 plus years of apostolic ministry just from this local assembly that have deposited seeds all over. And I, I've got to tell you that the Bible says that the seed will not return void. This word is so powerful that when it's released into somebody's life, it's going to do the work. It's going to act. It's going to break through the, the stubborn soil of somebody's spirit. And birth is going to come. And we're just going to keep declaring it until it happens. I feel, I feel help coming from the Lord tonight. I, I feel a, a lift, a shift in the environment, in the atmosphere. Would you just raise both hands? I, I, we just need that apostolic unction to happen in this room tonight. Come on, you're not illegitimate. You're not outside of this. You're a part of it. Come on, you're, you're a part of what God's going to do. You're, you're not, this isn't for everybody else around you. God's saying, I need you to be engaged. I need you to accomplish this harvest. I need you. So receive that seed in your spirit. See it. See it. Behold, ye among the heathen in regard and wonder marvelously. Without a vision, the people perish. It's, it's scripture and it's fact. But with a vision, people flourish. It's going to happen if we can just release that vision, if we can see it in our mind's eye. It's not, I'm just not talking about blab it and grab it. I'm not, I'm not talking about just, you know, faith, faith, faith. Uh, it is faith. But I'm talking about the word. That's what the word said would happen. That's what the word declared would occur. If we let God's word do the work, there is going to be seed in the soil. And that seed will not return void. It's going to break through. We look around and we think everything's out of order. It's in disarray. Spiritually, it's so chaotic. Scripturally, it's so anti God, I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about the world around us. And, and, and Habakkuk, he, he didn't have it any different than we had it. But I tell you what he said in 2 verse 20. He said, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Don't be dismayed. God hasn't, hasn't stepped off of his throne. He hasn't moved out of the throne room. He hasn't set down his royal diadem or moved away from his royal law. Uh, he's, he's still very firmly attached to what he's going to do. His word still declares and it happens. That breath that he spoke into humanity from the very beginning is still in action, in lives, in this room, in this place tonight, in our city. Someone just needs to say, God breathe through me. God breathe in my life. Let spiritual breath happen. Let that breath be in me until I exhale and inhale everything that you want me to be and everything that you want me to do yes, sir. Hmm. that's the power of seeing it there's power in vision there's tremendous power in vision the power of vision the old and the new testament are filled with examples where God allowed men and women to see something that exceeded their natural ability. It, 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 it was too good to come from them. 
They couldn't have imagined it. You know, that's why the Bible says Abraham, when he got a picture of it, he, he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God because no human could build what he saw. He was looking for, uh, that, 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 that's a wonderful city. That, that's a beautiful, well-watered plain of Jordan, but it don't matter. That, that, I'm not going to settle in there. I don't care, Lot. Pick it. It's not mine anyway. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. It's bigger than what I could have imagined on my own. It's, it's more grand. It's spectacular. It's, it's greater than what you could have. And when, when you get a vision like that, you know it didn't come from you. It wasn't cheese pizza that you had. It wasn't some idea that somebody planted in your mind. It didn't come from a picture off of Facebook or Instagram. It's something that came from God. And when it lands in your spirit, you won't be content until you find it. You're going to look until you get a hold of it. You're going to keep on trudging until you see that city that God planted in your spirit. And I'm telling you, God is releasing that kind of vision in our room as we step into this new year of 2020. We need more vision like that than we have ever had before not imagination not daydreams vision vision so good that you know it simply came from God vision so big that when you when you're, you're cautious in who you talk to about it because somebody's gonna think you're crazy that kind of vision We're closing out a decade tonight. But for a new decade, we need apostolic vision like we have never had it before. I'm grateful for good activity. And I'm thankful for talented and gifted people. But in this new decade, we need apostolic, God-given vision. I'm not trying to talk in, in phrases and just, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm just not trying to throw around catchphrases and, and get through a message. And I, I'm talking about when God releases something in our spirit that we won't let it go until we get a hold of it. That is what we're talking about tonight. We're closing out a decade. It's been a decade some of you are coming into 2020 limping. You're coming into it wounded and bruised. And some, some of you, it's been, you're, you're just like on a crazy carpet. Do you still have crazy carpets? Or did enough kids get almost killed on those things? Here, Jack, I'd like you to slide down this hill on less than a millimeter of plastic. That sounds like fun. Some of you just, maybe you're sliding into 2020 that way. But I think that, I think there's some people that you're, you're limping in. You got a crutch under one arm and, and you're thinking, we got this, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. But I want someone to see that, that God's got future and God's got vision. We're not, we're not just the church. The church at maturity is not going to be less than the church in infancy. That's not going to happen. That's not how this is going to. Greater revival is here for us. Greater authority is here for us. Greater opportunity is here for us. We have more people alive in the world today than we've ever had before. You know what more people mean? More revival. More opportunity. 
more souls, more harvest. Get that vision. Get, uh, walls won't hold it all. We, that, that's why we've got services going out online. And if you're with us online, you know, hand, stand by, hang tight. We're, we're, we're going somewhere tonight. Just If you couldn't get here because of the weather, just get engaged where you're at. Let somebody think you're just a little bit sideways tonight. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, come on. We may as well have church. Is that Gene back there? Thanks, Gene. Could someone else join Gene? Yeah. We're closing out a decade. The power of pictures. Pictures are powerful. Newspapers use them. Paparazzi. They know the power of pictures. If they can just catch a, a quick glimpse of some high-profile star, then they can pay their way for the day or the week or the month. They, this is the power of a picture, but, but pictures evoke emotion. Pictures stir us. And, and, and I asked Brandon, I said, Brandon, would you help me pick out some, some pictures from the last decade? And, and, uh, and, and this is one from, from 20, 2010. It's Port-au-Prince in Haiti. Destroyed houses after an earthquake on January the 13th occurred. And and a picture like that moves us. That, that devastation, it, it, it should do something in us. That was somebody's home. That was somebody's dwelling place. That, that was where somebody's baby grew up. That, 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 that picture has power. It should evoke an emotional response or, or there's a part of us that's dead. That needs to be revived. It, it should stir us. And, and so that's just, that's just a picture. And the next picture is... It's Hong Kong, just recent protests, large crowd, crowd of protesters gather in central Hong Kong in a, in a show of strength against the government over a divisive plan to allow extraditions to China. That's, that's June, June the 12th. And in another one, there's students that were evacuated from Saugus High School in Santa Clara, California, moving into a school bus after a shooting left multiple students dead and injured November the 14th. That, that is a powerful picture right there. That shouldn't be. But that's the world that we live in. It needs to move us. It needs to impact us. That picture should, should do something on the inside of our spirit. But, but sometimes we get, so, we get so many pictures in our mind. Pictures should be powerful. Another one, falling debris from the burned out structure. Sits near the, the high altar inside the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Just this past year, April 16th. Powerful picture. A, a monument that stood for... for Decades and centuries lost to fire. Next, next picture should move us. And, and, uh, and I know that we honored Brett, and I know that we've got family here, but the Fredericton shooting that happened in, in, right here in our own city, that, that ought to move us. There's something inside of us that should be stirred when we see that. But I, I don't want to become so accustomed to pictures that, that I just brush them off and move on my merry little way. We, we're so inundated with media. We're so inundated with, with information that sometimes it's just another picture. But that's not just another picture. That ought to move us to the very core of our being because it impacts us. It matters to us. There's something powerful about 
pictures. New York firefighters whom lost friends on the 9-11 attacks. This is, this is when they learned that Osama bin Laden is dead. It's them gathered together. And, and <clears throat> when they learned about bin Laden's death in 2011, powerful picture. It, it evokes memory. It evokes this emotion. Pictures are powerful things. The U.S. rover just taking selfies on the power of authority, uh, uh, power of ability that humanity has now. There, there's just those kind of things. Pictures are powerful. They move people. It impacts us. It, 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 it ought to. It needs to. And I, I was driving along today, and I, I, was, I, I was thinking through the message. And, and I reached down because I'd gone through McDonald's. Don't, don't, don't hate me for that. Had a McDonald's soft drink sitting in my drink holder, and, and I thought, <clears throat> man alive, I'm grateful they still have plastic straws. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Kathy actually bought a whole package of straws, plastic straws for the glove compartment of our, our car because she, she said, I can't drink from that. She, you know, she is dramatic. She goes, the same way that when people run their chalk or their fingers down a chalkboard, that's how it feels when I stick a paper straw in my mouth. I said, like, come on. She's got some. But I, but I thought about <clears throat> this, may, this may toggle something in your mind. This turtle. And I'm not trying to get on the political. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about Trump's $250,000 sale of straws. But a, a turtle literally turned... So much of our fast food industry on its head because of a straw that it had. But that is, it was a video clip, but that's just a, a little, little picture of it, of this poor turtle. And yeah, it, poor turtle. I, I'm not, I don't want a straw stuck up my nose. Now, I know people do it willingly with neti pots and all that kind of thing. That's another story altogether. But this poor turtle turns everything on its head, but... But that, let, let me just tell you, that, that whole industry that, that's reacting and responding and people are talking and, and happened because of a picture of a turtle, an image, an image that, that impacted somebody. And then that impact caused action and a response and a reaction. It's got people talking and that's the power of a picture in the natural. So I wonder tonight how much more powerful could a supernatural vision be? If a turtle can turn an industry on its head, then what could God do with the church if it gets a vision of what he needs it and what he wants it to become? Jesus used sight as an allegory to push home the point that the spiritual vision is far more important than the natural vision. In Matthew 18 and verse, 80, verse 9, he said, If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It's better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes and be cast into hellfire. Your spiritual vision is far more important than your natural vision. And I'm not... I know I'm preaching to the dedicated and the faithful tonight because you 
you came through. I, I, I got no criticism tonight. You're here because you want to be here. You're, you're here because this service matters to you. I understand that. And we've got people watching online tonight. But I'm, I'm also here to, to remind us that we all get a little bit blinded sometimes. We all lose our vision if we're not careful. You may be farsighted and you're not looking at things that are close up and you're, 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 maybe your, your focus is heaven or maybe your focus is 10 years down the road or, or maybe, maybe your focus is if I could just fill in the blank. Maybe, maybe your focus is beyond the here and now, but God's saying, I, 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 I want to give you vision for here right now. We, we need vision that, that compels us to see the big picture and full buildings and campuses that are, that, that, that are you know, active and engaged. And we, we need all that. We need that. But we also need a vision that, that moves us beyond this service tonight, that, that activates something in our spirit to, to release the daily work that God wants us to do tonight. It, it, it could be in this service right now that someone gets a vision of the power of praise. And that before we leave, we're all in the aisles and we're all worshiping. That could happen. I believe that could happen. I'm a believer. But you may be so nearsighted that you, you can't see clearly far off, that, that you haven't thought about the big picture and that you haven't reminded yourself that it's the daily moving forward that gets us to the goal. And that you, you, you just kind of, you're so focused on the here and now that you're, you're not making plans for what God wants to do next week or what God wants to do next month or, or how God needs to move in your life in the next year, your family in the next five years. Uh, you're, you need to make plans like that. We, we need both. We need vision to work. It's, it's this conjunction of God moving in his church daily and then the focus that he has for us, that kind of vision. We can't afford poor vision in these end times. We can go back to the music tonight. We can't afford poor vision. I, I have a question. First, let me make this statement. One of the first things the enemy wants to take from you is this spiritual vision. He wants to remove it. He wants to end it. We all know the fateful story of Samson, yielded to Delilah, gave away the secret of his strength, laid down on her lap, fell asleep. He shook himself as before, but it wasn't there. God had lifted his hand. She said, the Philistines are on you, Samson. But he's taken by his enemy, the ones that he had defeated now bring defeat to him. The Philistines took him and put out his, what did they do? Put out his eyes. Why? Because the enemy wants to destroy your vision. The enemy has an intention to steal vision, to blind vision. We need to guard our vision tonight. Here's the question I have. What you know, because we can get blinded. I, t I, 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 I wanted some pictures that would impact us tonight because I, I want to remind us there's power 
in a picture. And if God can just release that vision to us tonight. But sometimes, that, here's what happens. We're at capacity with natural vision and it impacts our supernatural vision. I don't think of myself as much of a media person. But boy, I'm wrong. iPhone's got this new feature. It's like along with everything else that comes on Sunday, now on Sunday morning, my phone goes ding. Your screen time, your average screen time daily this week is, does anybody else get that? And I know these are pro- these are productive sometimes, and I know that they're tools and but it said this past week, and I know we're on vacation, so we're and I was doing reading on it and all that, but but you know what it told me my average screen time was? Five hours a day. Now you can hate me along with the McDonald's people. Five, I was shocked. I was like, no way. This, this has got to be wrong. But could it be that five, five hours a day, you're just checking mail, you're just checking this, you're checking that. And, and, but every minute of that five hours was time that, that took vision. I'm wondering if sometimes we, we aren't so, and I bet you there's many that are right in the same boat as I am, but but that your vision gets impacted because of this natural vision you're bombarded with over and over again. And part of what we're doing in this new year this with Daniel Fast is that we're pushing some things away because we're making room for spiritual vision in our life. We're making room, and we need to, because we can get blinded by natural vision and miss the moment of spiritual vision that God wants to bring us. We can get blinded by activity. We get blinded by our, our intentions, and that's all good. I, I love it all. I'm grateful for it. But, but we, we need to make room for God to bring spiritual vision in our hearts and in our lives. He needs to, he needs, there needs to be room for that seed to be deposited. we we got to find ourselves like the prophet up on the wall looking for and watching for a vision that God has for us. We've got to set some time aside in 2020 to make room for the vision that God has for us. It means that we got to step aside. We got to step beyond the crowd. We got to move away. We 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 got to we've got to take and put ourselves in position so we're not distracted by activities and we're not distracted by things but we're making room so we can see the vision that God has for you. It's important. If the enemy put out the eyes of Samson because he knew that he was less threat, or he thought he was. Then then the enemy wants to do the same thing with us. He wants to put out our spiritual vision. But I really believe that God in this 2020, this year of vision, this year of perfect vision, if we could lend ourselves to that idea, if we could see that in our spiritual mind's eye, that God wants to bring a perfect vision that we follow hard after. We need that. We don't need uh, to leave occasion for the enemy to start poking in our spiritual eye. 
We need to set some things aside and we need to set, we need to set some media down. We need to set some things that distract us and, and discourage us and, and misalign. We need to set some of that garbage down so that we can receive a spiritual vision from God. That's what we need. We need a word from God. And, and, and we should be aware, we should be acknowledging that because scripture tells us, 2 Corinthians 4 and 3, he said, if the gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That's the enemy's, his, it was his plan with, Saul, with Samson and it's his plan with CCC in 2020. But if we'll just kind of push back and say, ah, uh -huh, I'm opening my mind to the vision that God has for me. I want to see the things that God sees. I, I've got intentions and I've got plans, but I'm giving my attention to it. I need spiritual vision. It's powerful. We need a Macedonian call like Acts chapter 16 and verse 9. What was it? I'll tell you what it was. It was a vision that God gave Paul. A vision that appeared to Paul and he heard. He saw a man and he heard him cry, come over to Macedonia and help us. But church, are we ready for that kind of call? Are we prepared? Are, are we mindful? Have we made room so we can see that vision? We need to make that kind of room in our life because somebody from Macedonia is calling. There's a call that's coming. Somebody's crying out and saying, would you come and help me? Would you come into my life? Would you impact my family? I'm ready to make a change, but I need someone willing to get a vision. Somebody needs to hear a call, but it can only come when we're willing to see the vision. It's Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. God sends a vision to Cornelius. And he tells him, go and bring this guy called Peter. And at the same time that God is giving Cornelius a vision, he's giving Peter a vision. It's a sheet coming down. and It's all these unclean animals. But God's saying, oh, Peter, don't call unclean. That's what, that which I've cleansed. I've got plans. If you're, if you're willing to get the vision, Peter, I'm going to turn this world on its head. I'm going to bring revival like you've never seen it before. They're going to receive the same Holy Ghost that you've got. But you've got to be willing to see it. You've got to be willing to receive it. You've got to be willing to get the vision. The vision's powerful. Paul, the vision's powerful. Peter, the vision's powerful. Cornelius, but you've got to be willing to see it. You gotta be willing to see it. Oh, the enemy's at work. He's he's got the poker out. He's wanting to blind the eyes of the church. He's wanting to blind the eyes of all of us. But if we'll just see the vision, oh, would someone just get a hold of that for a moment tonight? Get a vision of what God wants to do. Get a vision of what God wants to do in your family. Get a vision of what God wants to do in our youth group. Get a vision of what God wants to do in our Sunday school department. We prepared for it. We planned for it. But but, but somebody needs a vision. We need a vision tonight of people called to be holy. People walking, uh, walking on a road of holiness. We need a vision of families that are saved. We need a vision of the devil being defeated. We need a vision of fellow workers being baptized in a watery grave of baptism and cutting on a, coming out of the tank with great pig 
grins on their face because God has turned their life around. We need to get that kind of vision in our spirit, in our soul. We need a vision of Dorchester Island, a revival that turns that place upside down. We need a vision. We need a vision that this building is full. We need that vision. You need a vision of the seat beside you filled with someone that you never thought would ever be saved. But because God planted that seed in your spirit. But because you, you, you didn't understand it. 20, 29, you didn't understand what Pastor Jack was talking about. But let God deposit that seed in your spirit. And watch what God will do this year. If we'll just let a vision happen. If we'll get a vision released in our midst. If we'll let a vision occur. If we'll step aside and get a vision that God wants us to get. It's going to happen. The time. The time demands it. We need a vision of a king coming in glory. We need a vision of time that stands still because time ends and eternity begins. We need that kind of vision. We need visions in our minds about a rapture that takes place. And I pray to God we're all in it. But we need a vision that, 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 that if we're not ready, someone's going to be left behind. We need that kind of vision because it compels us. It moves us. It's a catalyst in our spirit. It reminds us that this is only temporal, but that is eternal. There's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. We need that kind of vision. We need a vision of pearly gates. We need a vision of golden streets. We need a vision of a city where the lamb is the light. We need that kind of vision. We need that vision. Why? because it compels us to do what God has called us to do. We need that kind of vision. We need it. We need a vision that God will release in our spirit and that is filled with belief. We need a vision. And the God of the world would whisper in your ear tonight, just wait a few more minutes because if you'll just wait, the sermon will be over. The pressure will be off. Just take it easy. He'll relax. Uh-uh. We, we've got to let a vision compel us and get a hold of us. We need vision tonight. We need to believe what God has planted in our spirit isn't just from us or a bad idea. We need a vision that it's, that it's God speaking and planting something in our spirit. Come on, spiritually. I, I, I know that I'm shoveling out somebody's buried dream tonight just like you shoveled out your driveway before he came. I know that tonight. I understand that. But that's the power of the word of God. God's just moving some garbage out of the way as we're preaching tonight. He, he's making a path in the midst of impossibility where you, where you thought, oh, we already tried. We gave it the royal one too. It's all over. Uh-uh. God's saying, uh-uh. That vision's not gone. That vision's still alive. I, I gave it to you. It, I gave it to you in a prayer room many years ago. It's not dead yet. It's not finished. It's not over. I, I just, come on, somebody, would you get a hold of that vision that God has already given you? I feel faith rising in the room tonight we're getting ready to move forward into a brand new decade but God's saying there's a vision if you're ready to receive it a vision ushers if you go ahead I've got some cards that I'd like them to pass out tonight if you don't have a pen I'd like every person to participate tonight 
I've got a card that I'd like to hand out. But I want us to take a moment and I want us to write five things. And I'm not limited to five things. You've got the, the entire back of the page of things that you know. In 2020, I can see God, you fill in the blank. I can see God moving in my family. I can see God bringing my lost loved one. I can see God turning, the, turning, turning my son's life back to him. I can see God performing the miraculous. I can see God doubling my Sunday school class. I can see God you know, doing the work that only God can do. Whatever it is that God is planning in your spirit right now, whatever begins to come to you, we're going to pray in a minute because I don't want it just to be words. And I asked God this afternoon, I said, God, don't let me preach out of passion and don't let me preach out of but God I pray that I would preach with anointing tonight so that your word would launch something in somebody's spirit so somebody would get a vision of what you want to release in them and through them if you haven't got a pen I asked Eric if he have the ushers prepared to give out pens I don't want anyone to be left out tonight I don't, I don't want anyone to not fill something out on this paper I, I need everybody to engage tonight because God is releasing something and, and I don't want us to miss it I, I don't want the enemy just to kind of to jab a, a, a poker in the eye of the spirit that, that's happening in this room tonight vision what could God do with the church that's full of vision the, the tale is yet to be told it's yet to be seen but we're serving a God that said you'll do greater things than these so somewhere in the vision it's something like that he said that you're able to do exceeding and abundant above what you could ask or think so somewhere in the vision that's got to be there because we're not talking about we're not talking about losing weight and we're not talking about reading another book a week and we're not talking about we're not talking about uh, finances and we're not talking about food we're not talking about any of that tonight we're talking about things that are eternal we're talking about kingdom things tonight we're talking about in 2020 I can see God you fill in the blank with what God is releasing in your spirit. And don't let it be something small. Let God release a vision in your mind. Let God release a vision in your spirit. What could God do with somebody that's got his vision? Zanette Porter works for a lady by the name of Patsy. She assists in caring for her. We were talking one day and Annette said, you know, one of the things that Pat said, said you know, I think I'd ask, I'd ask, well, what, is, what does she do? Like, what does she do? I know that Annette goes and reads the newspaper to her. She spells it with sign language into her hand. She can't see and she can't hear. We were talking about things. She's, and Annette said, do you know that she, she enjoys gardening? I said, what? Let, let me do the math. Somebody that's blind and deaf enjoys gardening she said yeah she loves gardening and I suppose maybe she could smell the flowers but it it resonated in my spirit because she tends a garden and weeds it waters it nourishes it gets on her hands and knees and moves around and feels through the soil a garden that she'll never see but she tends to it that is incredible to me and I began to think about that I said God what what could you do in a kingdom where we can see what you want to do through us where we have that opportunity that privilege to see a garden grow and seeds that are planted in soil all of a sudden come up and become powerful and mighty 
Nick, we leave you alone an awful lot, but I tell you what, I'm grateful for what God's done in your life in the last year. This guy's a totally different guy than he was a year ago. There's more Nicks in Fredericton, by the way. And wait, I'll talk. Jack? I just noticed that this little binocular that you put 25 cents in says, turn to clear vision. I didn't notice that in the small print because my eyes are bad. I think God's turning something to clear our vision tonight. Do you, do you feel that? There's, a, there's something that God is turning in the supernatural and, and, and it's, it's there. It's, it's there. It's on the horizon, but it's just a little bit fuzzy. If you'll, if you'll just, with the help of the Holy Ghost and, and with the power of the Word tonight, if you'll just kind of turn a few things and you make a few adjustments in your life, it's there. The ability is there. The optics are there. The, the, the gifting is there. Everything is there that you need. You just have to make a, a slight adjustment in your spirit. If you will, then God's going to open up something in the supernatural that you'll be able to see clearly. And when you see it, clearly God's not going to let you let it go. Somebody say, I've been blinded. I, I can't see it. God's wanting to restore your dream tonight. God's going to allow you the privilege of tending and seeing it come to fruition. I believe it. In the midst of impossibility, in the midst of a barrenness. God wants to give us a vision tonight. I wonder if you stand together. We're getting ready to close. I thank you for your attention, your kind attention tonight. But there's vision here in this room. If you could see beneath the carpet, there's prayer requests that have been printed out on this platform sharpie pens I'm not trying to duplicate an event or a feeling I, but I, I, I didn't want the service to go through without us having the opportunity to take a few minutes and write down a vision that God is giving us in this service for 2020 something that you want to see. And I, I'm not gonna, we're not going to leave them here. It's very personal tonight. I thought about that. I thought maybe we'd pass them all in. And then I'd check to see if anybody wrote anything down. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. It's very personal what you have in your hand. I'd like you to put it in some spot. That you frequent, maybe your nightstand, maybe your fridge, maybe the cookie closet. I don't know. But I want you to put it someplace where you're frequent so that the vision stays fresh with you this year. Because God's going to do some impossible, what we term impossible things this year. God's going to do some miraculous things. Pastor Mike, I'm believing God for our mocto. It's been on my mind all month. I'm believing God for a great revival. Tentative, careful, absolutely. But do we have a vision? Certainly. God can.
And I, and I tell you what, it goes beyond that. It's not just one daughter work because God, I don't believe that God intends for this church to only have one daughter. I believe that's the beginning of something great that God's going to do. He's going to frequent. It's going to continue. This is us learning how. Our small groups, it's not going to stop there. That's going to grow into something great. That's going to create great opportunity. It's going to expand the apostolic footprint of the church from this locale throughout all areas of our city. It's going to, it's going to put a little light in the midst of darkness right where you live. It's going, to, it's going to be people gathering together, breaking bread, fellowship, house to house. It's going to happen tonight, thank God. We're going to bring the new year in. But, but I tell you what, God wants to do that in somebody's home. God wants to impact your community. It's more than just a gathering. It's an apostolic footprint. We're putting down stakes in the soil of our city and we're saying ah we're, we're walking through we're putting our foot down one foot in front of the other and we're saying this is territory that we're taking you may as well write it down i got we got a vision we we, we can see it I, I come on we've just got to let that be released in our lives tonight so write it down but then i'd like you to bring it bring it as close to the altar as you can tonight we're going to end service here on the front that's nothing unusual we're not going to be a lot longer, but I'd like you to bring it. When you come, don't, don't come without faith, but come by faith, believing that God is going to accomplish what he provides. If it's bigger than what you can do on your own, then let me tell you, it's because God is releasing vision in this room tonight. So if you have faith to receive it, then would you bring it tonight? Come on, it, it, it's powerful when you write it down. That's what God said. Habakkuk said, I'm going to stand on my watch. Set me on the tower. I'll watch to see what he'll say unto me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. Come on, write the vision. Make it plain on tables that he may run that readeth it. Write it in such a way that you know God gave it to you. Write it in such a way that you'll know when God gives it to you. Write it in such a way that you'll know it didn't come from you. It didn't come from an idea that you read somewhere. It's from God. It's a God vision that God's releasing. But that vision is powerful. It's, it's powerful. There's 2020 vision in the room tonight. Come on, that vision. That vision's going to move us out of our sleep in the mornings. It's going to cause us to push back dinner plates so we can fast and focus on the vision that God has given us. It's going to summon us to prayer rooms. It's going to summon us to, to places where we teach Bible studies. It's going to compel us into the harvest field. That's what happens when God releases vision. There's a call here tonight to see the vision that God has for us if we'll receive it. Would you close your eyes? Would you hold that card in the air just as high as you can get it for a moment? Come on, behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously for God said he will work a work in your days which he will not believe though it be told you. It's too great for you to even hear. It's too great for you to say. But, but it's something that God gave you tonight. So we're receiving it. Come on, now would you just couple, come on, couple your response to the word with faith. Come on, somebody is seeing it tonight. Somebody is seeing something that God could do through you. Something that God wants to do in you. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds.